Welcome to the Suns Planet Podcast, where fans from around the globe try to bring together all of Suns Planet. We are now part of the ASAP Sports Network, all sports, all plays. In addition to the podcast, we're now writing game recaps and other articles and bringing you more in-depth coverage. Hambo has a couple of great articles there. He couldn't be here today. He went to the Aussie Suns fans watch party in Melbourne. I think he's a little delayed getting home, so our thoughts are with you, Hamo. I am your host, Sundress Dunks. I am pretty frustrated after last night's game, but my partner, Fallen Founder, is here to cheer me up. Jake, how are you doing, man? Mm. I was hoping you were going to cheer me up. Uh, oh, boy. It's a cu- tough couple of games. Um but no, yeah. yeah, excited to be here. And congrats again to the Aussie boys. I mean, that was quite a little turnout for an Australian watch party in uh, Melbourne or what, what do they call it? Melbourne. Melbourne. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. I, I don't speak down under. So <laughs> not touching that one. <laughs> so it was definitely a tough week. And uh, we're here to talk about it and get a little therapy, hopefully. You know, last night, the Suns played the Nuggets in what was easily the most frustrating game of the year for me. I was yelling at the TV. You know, the Nuggets (laughs) won by eight. But a lot of that was in the last few seconds after they not only called Nurkic for his sixth foul, but Mark Davis said he was making an unnatural move and gave him a flagrant. Unnatural? How is making a move to try to score unnatural? Are you kidding me? He clocked now, him, man. Even I knew that that was going to be flagrant. It's uh, like the offensive you remember the days? one thing, but a flagrant? Unnatural? What are you talking about? Well, maybe he didn't word it right, but I mean, when he spun around, he went high and his elbow just clocked. Well, I mean, I think. Uh, you know, uh, the Joker certainly might have added. He he kind of knew he was going to spin back towards him, right? So you could kind of see he was getting ready to to take a, a strong one to the jawline. But um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you go back to any you know classic post player move, but you, you can swing through a little bit uh, in the post, but you can't swing high at him and and, and aim for. I mean, I don't think he was intentionally going for the head. I don't think it was malicious at all. But no, it was. Well, I'll put it this way. He got his money's worth on that uh, flagrant. That was for sure. It was, it wasn't just like a little baby tap. It was, 
<laughs> and and Nurk doesn't have a lot of natural movements to begin with. He's not. <laughs> he's kind of he plods a little bit. So I got it. To me, the game ended before that. Uh, but I, I hear. Your, I see your point. It was. Um, uh, oh, it was a interesting. I mean, to come back from down seventeen, uh, and and last what five six minutes. Those were fun to watch, but it went the wrong way. Yeah, you know, Jokic was flopping all night, but these refs to me were the story of the game. They were beyond awful. It was the worst ref game of the year. They missed fouls that should have been called on the Nuggets all game long, especially on KD. You know, Durant was irate. Vogel was yelling at the refs throughout the game. He called them out again in the post game, saying they missed several blatant calls versus KD. I, I'm still mad. I, are you as mad as I am, Jake? Yeah, you know, it was uh, – I, I did miss the first quarter of, of last night's game, so I, I can't necessarily speak to that. I was watching the updates, and apparently Durant was on fire, so I can't speak to whether or not he was getting uh, fouled too much. He got to the line, though. What was it? Did he He put in – was he 13 for 13? Uh, Something I mean, like he was that. Then. Fantastic from the line. But I mean, my gosh, it, it just and, and this might be the theme of the show for me today is um, Durant can't do this thing alone. Uh, we cannot expect that. And um, it just I don't know if there's going to be a consistent play every night from the rest of the group. So it has to be a booker. And and hopefully when he comes back, it can be a Beal as that second option, because <clears throat> Durant was just on fire. And then what he, I think it was the second half, he was 0 for 10. And yeah. they, they were calling a lot of fouls. He went to the free throw line and got a lot of points there. But it's, you know, and and, and a lot, they weren't bad shots. I, I didn't think he was forcing it, did you? Like, they looked good no. for only hits. Yeah, you know, and Hunt Star asked in the chat, what are your thoughts that although the refs missed a lot of bad calls, does the free throw differential cover that? I don't think it does. You know, if you miss calls, you miss calls. You know, KD, like Vogel said, should have been to the line 20 or 22 times. He was getting hacked so much. You know, and KD, he has made 67 consecutive free throws. It's a new Suns record passing book. He's only 30 short of the NBA record at 97. So he definitely had that going for him. And, you know, he did pass Moses Malone last night for 10th on the all-time leading scorer list. So that was great. But as you said, you know, KD was 0 for 10 in the second half. And so, you know, my question is, where is this guy? You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> You know, if Booker's out, you know, we need KD to shoot a little better. <laughs> well, and what, what's crazy is that, yes, uh, more efficiently, and he usually does. But, I mean, it felt like, oh, gosh, it felt like when if you've ever played 2K against somebody that you know is just better than you. So you have to play a near flawless game. And not saying that the Nuggets are better, don't get me wrong, but in the same sense that, so you just keep passing it to Booker or keep passing it to your best player in the game and take shot after shot. And it, each one keeps missing. 
and you start to get very frustrated with the TV. That was me, and thank God I didn't have my hands on the controller because I probably would have thrown it at the TV last night because, it, like I said, it was, they weren't necessarily bad shots for him. A couple seemed a little rushed, and, and maybe that's where he probably got you know clipped on his wing. But, I mean, he was great. He, he had, what, 11 assists, right? It's not like he wasn't sharing the ball either. Like That yep. was my initial thought was, oh, man, just, just create for somebody else. But that didn't seem to be the problem either. Um, I think what the, what we're seeing is like the classic case of uh, we've got a few elite offensive players in, in Booker, Beal, and Durant. The other guys can be good. You know, Gordon can knock down some long threes. Um, he always scares me when he drives to the post and just gets laid out and gets mad he doesn't get a call. Little Eric, you're not going to get a lot of calls down there and going up against the big trees. It's just not going to happen. But, you know, Grace Allen can put in a couple baskets and this kind of stuff. But, you know, Durant is not going to – I mean, the guys can create for each other, but when they when it's Durant and Booker creating for each other, that's wild because then it's pick your poison, you're going to get, you know, the baskets going in. This is a little bit different because Durant knows if he gives it to a Josh Kobe which happened kind of towards the last seconds of the game. If he would have made that three, we would have, I think, been down maybe two uh, with time starting to uh, run low. Um, but, I mean, you know, you're not going to trust Josh Okoge. Uh, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna name his better nickname on this podcast because he has not deserved it of late. So, Josh, Joshua Okoge, uh, get back in the gym, start practicing those corner threes, man. We need you to. Josh played pretty decent overall. You know, he's been in double figures his last two games. And, uh, you know, he's been getting to the free throw line. He's been crashing the boards. He's been hustling. But, yeah, that three-point shot is definitely a huge weakness of his. And, you know, I thought they maybe he should have tried Yuta a little bit last night. You know, they could have used Yuta's quarter three a little bit. And they didn't even give him a chance. I was kind of surprised about that. Wait, are you talking about? Absolutely, we need that guy, man. And you, you've been, you were down on him. I think he was your your black hole son. Uh, he was last week, but you, you. And no, don't get me wrong. We can, we can definitely want more from him. Uh, but he's, you know, uh, he he didn't even uh, get a run in last night's game. And uh, you know, it seems like this team. Uh, you know, where was Nasir Little? I mean, two, uh, yeah, two he played, but yeah, he wasn't very good at all, man. It, it, yeah, just almost 19 minutes, two points. We can't have it. Uh, I, I don't think none of it's these tough, guys, you know, he had absolute... to rush back after the birth of his daughter. So, you know, That's we have true. to cut him a little slack, but yeah, he's got to be back, better. though. Like, he rushed back to the arena in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, he was already home. It's well, it would have been much worse if it was like if he had to go there and then fly right back to Toronto. And I was like, oh, he's kind of exhausted. That would I would understand. No, uh, we had to fly somewhere for the birth. Uh, I know that he said he made it to the birth like 20 minutes before the baby popped out. So I don't know exactly oh, okay. where that was, but he did have to take a flight. Well, for, for all the fathers out there, you guys know it. They, they give you a little bed in the in the waiting room so you can catch some Zs. It's, it is known as the most uncomfortable bed in the world. I've personally sat in it, and you do get zero sleep. So when the birth of your child actually takes place, it's kind of more like a fever dream than anything else. So maybe I guess I'll give Nasir a little break on that. Yeah, you know, he was there for the birth of his daughter, Brielle. So we'll give him a pass, but he definitely needs to be better next game for sure. Wait, that's a, that's his daughter's name, Brielle. Brielle, yeah. Oh, look at you doing some good research. That's my brother's daughter's name, uh, who turns two years old 
in a week or two. So uh, happy early birthday to my niece. Wow. Shout out to little Brielle. Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. A popular name all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Geo says in the chat, I'm down on Yuta at the moment, but it's more for the defense. I know when we have that big three, the space is going to be there, and those threes are going in all day. And uh, I think that's absolutely true. He would benefit from the spacing for sure. You know, and we're obviously missing Booker. He's really the leader of the team, and we need him out there. KD by himself, you know, has really not been able to carry the team. But you know the guy that was phenomenal was Yusuf Nurkic. For the second straight game, he had his best game as a son. He finished with 30 points, just under his career high of 33. He got credited for one block, but I think he had at least three. They're cheating him like they always did DA on the blocks. You know, he had the one block, and he became Nurkitumbo doing the finger wag. But he was definitely the Bosnian <laughs> beast like tonight. He's a flush, savage slam dunk. Rebound with the sound of this welcome funk. Bosnian beast. So I know that that music and Nurkic have inspired me so much that I went on a random uh, drive in my town and uh, to get some uh, watches repaired. And right next to it was a. Croatian, German, Italian, Bosnian, and other European uh, goods market. And uh, and I've never seen anything advertised like that on a storefront. But I walked in, quickly found out everyone was Bosnian. <clears throat> I didn't bring up that I was a Nurkic fan because last time I did that uh, to a Bosnian guy, he's like, I have no idea who that is. But um, uh, the Bosnian beast, uh, they got some good food over there. So I, I, uh, I pulled out some stuff from the grocery store there and... Uh, I got some tasty food. No wonder he's built like he is. Excellent. I don't know if I've had Bosnian food. I probably did, but just didn't know what it was. I'm not tasty, sure what they tasty. eat over there. But uh, he's been amazing. You know, I think uh, his defense is starting to come along. He's really been playing well on both ends. He's been hustling. You know, Nurkic and Akogi were the only two guys with a positive plus minus last night. And I think it really showed. You know, those guys were both hustling and leaving it all on the floor. But, uh, you know, for the second straight game, you know, we kept it close. We just couldn't quite pull it out. So, uh, you know, the game before was another frustrating one. The close loss to the Raptors where Booker never had it going. And then he got hurt. He, for some reason, he came back in the game. He finished two for 12 with eight points. Easily his worst game of the year, one of the worst of his career. Jake, can you believe he came back in that game? Yeah, no, I, I could. Um, <clears throat> so if I saw it right, it looked like a little ankle sprain, right? And so a lot of times we'll see these guys just tighten their shoes up, especially if it's a playoff game. Uh, maybe Booker just really hates the Raptor. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think he he rolled it and uh, – you know, it it's always swells more after the game. So you can kind of tighten your shoe up and keep the swelling down. And and But you, you could tell he was still kind of favoring it, right? Yeah, he was getting yeah. the ball. He was kind of looking to create. And I think, <clears throat> uh, you know, we, we see these other guys, they, they get that extra foot of space, you know, the Gordons and Allens and even Josh Okogie to a degree, uh, Kata Bates-Diop, when Durant and Booker both on the floor. So, you know, running Booker out is somewhat of a diversion, <clears throat> 
I think was a smart play. Uh, you kind of knew that as soon as he rolled it, that the next game was going to be tough. So I felt certainly bad for the Aussies who all got together for last night's game to have uh, no uh, no prince that was promised and Devin Booker on the court. But, well, he was on the court. He was instructing the refs how to ref and because uh, they were missing quite a few. Amen. That was a great clip. And, uh, you know, Jay in the chat says they should have sat him the rest of the game. That's one of those let's keep playing boys moments, but we got to protect him from him. And I definitely agree. You know, Devin Booker is one of the most competitive guys in the league. He always wants to be out there. But, you know, this is about the playoffs. It's not about winning games in November or December. You know, and Booker was officially questionable for yesterday. I think he's questionable again for today. But it seems unlikely to me they'd bring him back uh, against one of the worst teams in the league, Memphis. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen, huh? Yeah, they're they're rough, man, without jaw. And I don't know what Jaron Jackson Jr. is doing this year, but his numbers have been pretty bad. Uh, we should probably just rest up book and try to make sure he's good against the Lakers on Tuesday, right? Well, and didn't we – we played the Grizzlies, if I – Remember right? I mean, it wasn't too long ago. Uh, I think Booker played and Durant rested his foot, if I'm not mistaken. And I was a little nervous about that at first because I thought, oh, trap game. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to kind of let uh, Durant heal his foot up. <clears throat> and then we won by, what, almost 20 or something like that. So um, this should be certainly still a game that uh, we can win. Uh, matchup changes a little bit uh, in that we have Durant playing and not Booker. But, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, like Jay kind of mentions, we're, we're playing for a title. Um, this isn't for an in-season tournament game or anything anymore. <clears throat> so uh, if there is a game to rest him, it'd probably for sure be this one. Absolutely. And, you know, whether Book plays or not, we got to sing this guy's praises for a minute. You know, the first game after we potted last, he hits the dagger game winner versus the <clears throat> New York Knicks, and it sounded a lot like the drop that we made for him. That I took wet like on book and book brings the boom. That was an amazing shot, definitely a highlight of the season. He's such a smooth assassin. Right after that, he was named the player of the week for the eighth time, the most in Suns history, passing Steve Nash. Michael Pina of the Ringer. Then did an article on how he's in the conversation for the best point guard. You know, first they were saying we didn't even have a point guard. Now they're saying we have one of the best. <laughs> it's crazy. And, well, he uh, just, he's just been, you know, you're right. We can't sing his praises enough, and it's so important. You know, you think about, okay, so I'm 36. Uh, I think yeah, about – yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think about like the Tom Brady's of the world. I think about, uh, you know, the uh, Roger Federer's, Tiger Woods, um, you know, some, some of the guys that have just transformed their games. Devin Booker is an elite player right now. And we got to always be careful to just kind of soak it in, you know, that that scene, that uh, clip from the office, you know, uh, it wouldn't it be great to know that you're in the good times before they've already passed. This is a good time to watch Devin Booker because he has elevated his game so much. Career highs in shooting percentage, three-point percentage, assists. I mean, he's just doing it all. And he's doing it all comfortably. Like, I'm more concerned about the minutes Durant is getting 
than I am about Booker right now. Now, granted, Booker's missed some time with some injuries, and you know, it looks like he'll still maybe be out for today. But you know, when he's on the court, he looks healthy, which is it's just it's it's like watching a chef prepare an amazing meal. It, it's he's either going to Good you're going to come double him, and he'll get an easy basket over to somebody else, or he will just rip your heart out in Madison Madison Square Gardens against a ref, a coach, and two defensive players. I think it was Randall and with somebody else and he'll just drain a deep three over you and say yep try and match it and you won't be able to it's amazing to watch amen that was great that he did it in the garden you know he's showing he's our leader he stepped up his game even more this year he's averaging 8.5 assists that's fifth in the league He's averaging 5.4 rebounds with shooting splits of 47 40 and 92 from the free throws. But he's only played in 10 out of the 19 games. That's just over half. That's on pace for like 42 on the season. But, yeah. you know, he can miss. What, what, what's, to, yeah. I was just going to ask you, what, what what's the minimum now? Is it 60 you have to play? So to be eligible for all NBA team, MVP, all the awards, he has to play 65 games. Ooh. So he can miss up to 17, and he's missed nine. Okay. You know, um, it's a huge yeah, storyline because, you know, he could be an MVP candidate and making the all-NBA team could also affect his contract. True. So do you think he's going to play enough games, man? I mean, if if we're if we just already said, hey, let's just not play him today. You know, you know what I would love if Vogel says, all right, go lace up uh, your shoes. You're going out there for the tip off. Then we'll immediately foul and sit you back down and you're out for the rest of the game just to try and make sure that I could actually see some, especially later in the year, some coaches actually doing that to help protect a player um, so they can get that. I think Giannis did that in the all-star game last year. Instead of uh, sitting out, he came in one play, he's out. Uh, So, you know, for Booker, uh, not just because, I'd, I'd put a, a, a an interesting uh, wager down that he would be the MVP of the league. Uh, but, you know, man, I hope he gets it. But it's, yeah, you have to keep reminding yourself we're playing for titles here, not not for uh, not for awards. Uh, Phoenix Suns, we've won awards in the past, but we want we want the trophy. So that and the championship trophy, that is, because they've got so many different little things right now. Amen. So let's give out our awards for the week. And the first one is going to be the Sunwalker. Might as well be walking on the sun. All right, Jake. So who was your best player of the week? The Sunwalker of the week. Ooh, you know, uh, I'm going to guess you're going to go Nurkic. So... So as not to be a jerk, and uh, and I know as soon as Hamo watches this, he's just gonna already start laughing, going, "Jake was gonna steal it. He was gonna steal it again." Um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a change up, and it's a guy that has kind of come on late, um, and uh, he's just he's impressed me. Um, this week was not necessarily a huge standout for him. I mean, he he had an okay game uh, yesterday. Um, he had uh, a solid game um, against the Raptors. And then uh, against the Knicks, let me take a look at see what his latest numbers were there because I've already forgotten them. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, a little bit better. He had 14 points, seven rebounds, five assists. I'm going with Sub Zero, Jordan Goodwin. So 
Uh, I, yeah, I am no longer Jordan Goodwin. I am Sub Zero. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might be my new favorite drop that you put together. The, it's just that sharp cut of "I am no longer," and then Jordan Goodwin is <laughs> the best. Uh, but no, Jordan Goodwin is playing like uh, that guy that we just, you know, it felt a little like Suns fan to me when we got him in the Wizards uh, trade. I mean, let's be honest. Beal was the the deal, right? Uh, and then we're just like, but we were like, yeah, I'm throwing Jordan Goodwin, <laughs> and we got ourselves a sub zero. So it's it's great to have him in there when he and Akogi play. Um, he's certainly better offensively than Akogi is, but I love that chaotic defense that they, those guys play because they know they're not going to play thirty to forty minutes, right? Uh, at least not all the time. And but when they're in there. Oh, do they hustle? Because they know that hustling on that end on defense and, you know, and sometimes getting scrappy on offense, um, Booker and Durant will knock down shots and reward the team for it. So that's what I kind of love that this team is very bought in to the process too. So Jordan Goodwin, Sunwalker of the week for me. Well, that's a great choice. Gio in the chat likes it. And uh, I – you know, you found me out. I definitely am going with Nurkic this week. <laughs> you know, two games in a row now. He's had his best game as a son. He, you know, he was bodying with Jokic last night. It was really a fresh change of pace, I thought, from the guy we used to have at center. You know, Nurkic is a big body. He's exactly what you want against Jokic. You know, Jokic was tired last night. By the end of that game, he looked gassed. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, he always looks gassed <laughs> that guy. I, I think there was, I, I saw something come up the other day. I got to jump in just real quick. And it was like the, the top players that you can only imagine what they'd be like if they were in shape. And it was like, uh, Harden and, uh, the Joker and Doncic. And I'm just like, yeah, it's just three guys that now, now granted Joker actually, Hey, you don't have to get in shape. You've already won a title. You've won MVPs. Clearly what you're doing is working. The other two guys should maybe actually think about doing crunches. I don't know. Like they should think about something. But yeah, the Joker always looks a little gassed at the end of the games because he's you know he's thinking about horseback riding, other activities he does. Absolutely. Well, you know who also looks sometimes gassed? That's our black hole son. Black hole son. Ironic is Jokic in that clip there, but uh, who's the son in your disgrace this week that maybe didn't quite live up to your expectations? Oh, you know, I... Hmm. That's tough. Come back to me. Why don't you kick this one off? Uh, I, I had an idea. I was going to punish... Let me say this. I was going to punish Nasir Little, and, and then I remember he had a kid. So I was like, okay, hold on. Let me come back in with somebody else. Definitely don't want to be a jerk like that. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm out here picking injured players, too. So. That's true. You did that. You picked on poor Utah. Like, oh, terrible, terrible job. Your unavailability. Can't be worse than me. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give it to a guy who hopefully is never going to win this award again. And that's Kevin Durant. You know, this I is I wondered. two games in a row that he shot around 30%. You know, he had 30 points. He did have the 11 assists. But, uh, you know, 
he's just not quite where he needs to be. You know, the two games that we've had Booker alone were undefeated, 2-0. and mm-hmm. But when Kevin Durant is out there by himself, he has not been able to carry the team. And that's two games in a row now that his shooting was horrible. You know, he was getting fouled some of the time, so it's not completely his fault. But, uh, you know, this is one of the best players in history. And so he just didn't quite live up to my expectations this week. He's got to be a little bit better. Uh, did you think of a, a black hole sun there for this week, Jake? I, I did. So, uh, and I, I actually, I was thinking Durant, uh, uh, and uh, I'm glad I, I didn't do it. So you didn't steal it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll say with Durant, uh, or let, let me ask you a quick question before I, I announce mine. But um, if I was going to tell you of the Suns' big three, the guy that was going to play the most amount of games so far and the most minutes was Kevin Durant, you would have thought I was lying, right? I would have thought you were crazy and should be locked yeah. up in the institution. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so we're full of surprises. So, uh, I, yeah, it's frustrating to see Durant shoot like that. I kind of almost feel like, well, you know, there's, there wasn't a lot else to be done. I mean, the, the Nuggets are defending champs. They're a really good team. And granted, they're out with uh, without Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon. So I wanted to see, and, and we played them well, uh, but I, I want to see that win. My, my uh, uh, black hole son this week is a guy that we're, you know, he's kind of like that backup quarterback, right? Usually everybody loves him and loves his spirit. But this week, he just didn't do quite enough for me. And that was Drew... Put him in the Spank Banks, Eubanks. Uh, Drew Eubanks, let's see, last night, six rebounds, zero points. That's not really getting it done. Uh, let's go back to the, uh, uh, was it the uh, game against the uh, Raptors? Um, let's see, his numbers came out to a solid uh, four rebounds, four points. And, uh, and again, he's getting 18 to 20 minutes a game. Uh, yeah. And against uh, the Knicks, uh, where we, we ended up winning uh, three points and six rebounds. So for me, yeah, um, it's I don't I don't. It, and that's the tough thing about these awards, right? It's you don't want to be like, oh, man, you're terrible. But I mean, his job's not to come in and win games for you, though. Right. Um, but I feel like he had been trending up over the last few weeks. He was an energy guy. And um, if not necessarily filling in the stat sheet, kind of bringing energy plays and not quite as much uh, this week. And maybe that's just because the Bosnian beast was doing so well over the last couple that we don't need to rely on uh, Drew Eubanks as much. That could be the case too. So it was a tough one this week, but I'm going with Drew Eubanks. That's a great pick, man. And, you know, he was just invisible this week. This was definitely his worst week as a son. And as you said, he's still playing quite a few minutes, you know, 18, 20 minutes. So it's not just that, you know, Nurkic is playing well. You know, Eubanks is out there, and he's just not contributing. We oh, definitely... I know what transition you're going to go with. <laughs> well, actually, I had not even thought of one, so you're oh, ahead no, of me. I, Q, Q3. <laughs> I thought, I thought okay. you were using this as a smooth transition to that. Well, I'm going there, but I, I hadn't thought of a way to transition yet. But, uh, okay. yeah, you know, speaking of, of guys. Well, yeah, that... Allow me to help, help you then. Drew Eubanks, not doing a fantastic job. So should the Suns take a look at rolling into Bowl Bowl? There you go. In the <laughs> Raptors post game, Frank Vogel was asked about Bowl Bowl, and he said, "Quote: Bowl Bowl is going to get a chance for us." Jake, should I be excited or terrified? 
Well, <laughs> oh man, uh, dead air is the death of any podcast, but there's just not a lot to be said here. Um, he's um, meaningful minutes is a terrible way to describe what kind of minutes he should get. Um, I would love for Bradley Beal to come back 100% healthy here in December uh, and Booker and, and Durant to, to vibe with them and for us to just take off. Win 10 games in a row, start beating teams by 15, 20, 25 points a game in a few games. Then I would love to see a Bull Bull appearance. When we are way up, it's fourth quarter, eight minutes left, and we're up 25. Let's see what Bull Bull has to offer. If we are thinking about, hey, we're uh, we're up two or three or down two or three against the Denver Nuggets, and we've got five or six minutes left, and Drew Eubanks hasn't been producing a ton. Let's try Bull Bull. I would be absolutely furious. I would think that Vogel must have been, uh, you know, uh, given too many texts and ejected from the game, and then, uh, you know, David Fisdale has been ejected from the game, and then Kevin Young has been ejected from the game, and some assistant coach is like, Now's the time to leave my mark. I'm going to try Bull Bull. <laughs> and so meaningful minutes, he's just not ready for it. Like, I, he's fun to watch, I think. For, Especially when he falls. Uh, yeah, exactly. When he when he collapses in on himself like a, a folding chair, right? Um, but, oh, man, I'd be, I'd be really worried if there's any, quote-unquote, meaningful minutes. You know, I don't what you, you, Tell me I'm right. Please tell me I'm right. I'm not, I'm not living in a, a dream world. Am I thinking he's that bad? No, I definitely agree. I really hope he does not play meaningful minutes. You know, our record is already not where we want it to be. The more we lose, I don't think we can afford to play a guy like Bull Bull, who's yeah, pretty much looked like hot garbage every time he's out there. <laughs> you know, but hearing the quote a couple of times, it didn't really sound like it was anything imminent where he would play him like the next game or anything. And he didn't play last night, uh, but it just sounded like he wants to try to find him a few minutes somewhere at some point. And yeah, like you said, I hope that's when the game is 30 points up or down because I do not want to see him in a close game. Bull Bull is that guy in practice that, um, if you don't have him in practice, you take your, uh, you know, your six foot tall assistant coach and put him on a step ladder and have guys practice shooting fadeaways against him. That's Bull Bull's greatest asset to this team at this moment. Don't get me wrong. If he does more, fantastic. I love it. But right now, he just, it, we cannot seriously be thinking of like, oh, let's make sure we kind of get some more wins under our belt and think, all right. Bull Bull, 15 minutes a game. Let's make it happen. We can't possibly, and thankfully, it, it you know, coach was very careful in his words, meaningful minutes. Uh, you know, a lot of coaches say that kind of stuff. Look at the NFL. Anytime you've got two great running backs, well, you know, we, we want to find ways to get them both involved. And then you, your fancy team is destroyed because one guy got 90% of the carries, right? So, uh, you know, and the other guy, oh, well, we'll work on that 10% next time. Yeah, it's, it's easy to say. What is a meaningful minute? You know, Bull Bull's best uh, t uh, play so far was, I think, being subbed in for a last-second shot to guard the inbound pass. Uh, and he had not played <laughs> the entire game before that. Uh, so, uh I don't think he's ready uh, yet. Uh, of course, it'd be hard to say that he is ready because we don't see him, and I get that too. So for all the Bull Bull fans out there, 
hey, don't get me wrong. I want the best for Bowl Bowl and I want the best for the Suns until we have a little bit of kind of, I'll say, fun time to play around with the Bowl Bowl experience. I don't want to roll the dice on what is just not a smart bet. I mean, the, the payoff wouldn't be huge. And it, it's just, it's very high risk, low reward right now, I think, with the Bowl Bowl experience. So there you go. Absolutely. Well, you know, one other thing that might be high risk is James Harden. <laughs> we held, held Suns Planet Court a couple weeks ago on James Harden. I took the position that it was a bad trade for the Clips and that Harden was an albatross that kills any team he's on. Jake took the position that Harden is still a top player and that it was a good trade that would make the Clippers better. Well, the Clippers started 0-5 with him, but they've gone 5-3 and since, although the three losses were very lopsided, and a lot of people still say they don't look right. So, Jake, do you stand by your position? I do. I do. And so I know the Honorable Judge Hamo, who couldn't be with us to, uh, this morning, uh, I'm sure he's uh, nursing off a little bit of uh, uh, Victoria beers and some... Uh, and well, no, he's smart enough not to drink Foster's as well. Shout out to the English uh, who explained that Foster's isn't even an Australian beer. Us Americans were tricked and lied to all these years. Um, but James Harden, uh, I, I know this is a Suns podcast, so I'll, 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 I won't dive too deep. But he's shooting better than he has been in quite a while at uh, near 46%. Uh, from three, he's shooting 41% with the Clippers. Um, and right now, yeah, uh, Six over six assists a game, over four rebounds a game, and he's got uh, over fifteen points. Um, you know, bringing in somebody like a James Harden is different than bringing in a Kevin Durant, and we saw that last year. Kevin Durant is one of those seamless guys, an efficient shooter who can get a shot off over just about anyone. You don't block his shot. He plays good defense, not great defense, good defense, but he, he and he's all about the team. That's why he worked so well on the Thunder. That's why he worked so well with the Warriors and got him titles. And that's why he was working well with the Nets. You can bring in a Kevin Durant and that can be a more seamless transition than a ball dominant player like a James Harden. So I'm taking it to the people, the jury of our peers. Let me know in the comments. Let us know on social media. I think James Harden, it, it's going to take him a little bit longer, but I still think that that was a net improvement for the Clippers. And I stand by that. They're a threat in the West and we'll have to keep an eye on it. Well, I think you brought up the key difference between KD and James Harden. It's defense. You know, James Harden is one of the worst defensive players in the league. You know, a couple of years ago, the Clippers were really known for their defense. That's when they were at their best. They've already had guys like Kawhi Leonard take a slip in defense and not be quite the defenders that they used to be. And so when you bring in a guy like Harden, that really torpedoes your defense even more. And I think right now they're 11th. They're not even in the play-in. I think they'll probably make the play-in, but I think they'll lose in the play-in. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I Ooh, will say that, you know, even if they had not. down. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I'm not scared of these guys at all. You know, I think the one thing I can say in their favor is that they probably were not going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs, even if they had not traded for James Harden. Because guys like Kawhi Leonard are not as good as they used to be. But there's probably other trades they could have made 
to retool the roster a little bit, not necessarily get a star, but maybe someone who fit a little bit better and played defense, and then they would have had a better chance. But okay, I think that runs over, man. I think they're done. Ooh, okay. So what is more likely, in your opinion, Keith? The Clippers make the top top five spots in the West, or at the trade deadline, they blow it up and send out all their guys for as much as they can get. That's tough because I don't think either one's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this well, is. I didn't want to make it easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very possible that they could make trades because I don't think things are working the way they want it to. Do you think uh, they. Okay, let me tweak it then. Uh, Let's leave out Zubak. Let's leave out Russell Westbrook because he's on a more favorable contract. Um, would they look to jettison a George Harden or Leonard? Yes. I think that is more likely than them making the top five seeds. Ooh. I love it. A controversy <laughs> on Sun's Planet. You know, if teams like OKC were not playing as well, I might go the other way. But OKC right now looks like a lock for a top five seed. You know, there's other teams like Minnesota and Sacramento that are competing for it. The Mavericks that might might or might not make it. The Mavericks are playing well. So that top five is tough to make. And, you know, the Clippers, if things keep not fitting quite right, if I were them, I would look to move one of those guys. I'm not blowing it up, but I'm looking to find something different. Well, you know, th- this is actually a really good point. So by the time we record next Saturday, we will have uh, moved past uh, a quarter of the season, which, wow, Suns fans, let's slow down. Uh, let's see the big three uh, before we keep going uh, too much further. Um, so we'll just uh, round up. A quarter of the way through the season, you've got teams like the Thunder, the T-Wolves, and the Mavericks actually winning quite a few games um, in this first quarter. Do you think that they are likely is are they going to, you know, regress and come back down to earth uh, and we will see the likes of. I don't know, maybe Clippers, Kings, Lakers, you know, uh, kind of reascend a little bit. I mean, LeBron got embarrassed the other night. and I know they hadn't been doing horrible before that, but uh, they've had a little bit of challenge the last few. And uh, so, I mean, are we are we going to see kind of that? regression towards what we were expecting or are the are the t-wolves the the thunder and the mavs for real and i know we hate to think that anything with Doncic is real but uh you know are those three teams mom is real viable his mom's real Can't, can't admit his mom is real so i think the timberwolves for me are the team most likely to regress i think they're still the number one defense and if they can keep that up they're gonna make me look silly here but I think Minnesota probably falls to play-in territory. Ooh, you, you don't buy into the Twin Towers again, huh? I do not. I still don't think it's a great fit. They're looking good so far. 14-4, yeah. Yeah, Anthony Edwards Number is one amazing. In the but, you know, Gobert, you never know what that guy's going to do. He's going to do something on or off the court that's just going to mess up their season, I think. Mm. Ooh, okay. Quick question. Yusuf Nurkic or Rudy Gobert? If, let's say money was the same. 
who would you rather have on on the Suns? Nurk, it's all the way. Keep a Nurk? Okay. Keep a Nurk. You know, he's a great fit for the team. His defense is coming along. When the big three is out there, his passing and everything is just going to make such a big difference. He's been playing really well lately. And Gobert's just a wild card, like Draymond Green, uh, you know, or Dylan Brooks. I don't want these guys on my team, man. <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you. It's gosh, it it is wild. Like this time last year, I think we were looking at like the Jazz. It's like, huh, they're supposed to be tanking, and what are they doing, winning so many games? They are back to tanking, six and thirteen. They're thirteenth in the West of the fifteen, uh, only above the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Uh, you're right. Yeah, Clippers 11, Warriors 10. Uh, the Rockets, uh, as of right now, would be in the play-in, which is wild to think about that all that spending of money for Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet would get them into the play-in uh, tournament. I don't know if that's exactly what they're hoping for. Um, interestingly, Pelicans are eighth at 11 and nine, and they actually have had Zion, if I'm not mistaken, for more games than not, which is unusual so. for them. Yeah, so... It's actually, it's it's funny because it's, you know, uh, us Suns fans, so we like to wear the heart on the sleeve, right? Because we're just, God dang, we want to win this thing so bad. I actually, I'll be honest, I thought we were doing worse, but that that run we had when Booker and Durant were playing together, and or basically just when Booker has been back, has catapulted us. Over the last 10, we're 7-3, and three, which has brought us up to 11-8 and eight record. We are 6 right now in the playoffs. Uh, ahead of the Lakers uh, and just behind the uh, uh, Mavericks and Kings, so it, it's it's an interesting thing. So, but you you think uh, T Wolves will regress, and you think did you say the Thunder for real? You think I do. I think the Thunder are a top four seed. I think Chet Holmgren is the truth. Ooh. You know, between Shea and Holmgren, uh, that team is for real, and they scare me. I do not want to see them. And especially the first round of the playoffs, uh, I do not want that smoke. I feel like they are the Kings. I'll, I'll give them a little bit more than that. They are the Kings plus one uh, this year. They're they're a little bit better than what we thought saw the Kings. I still think that a good season for the Thunder means a second round exit, uh, and that's not bad. That's something to build off of for this team because they're going to be just adding more fire, firepower over the next few years. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it, it's interesting. Okay. So would you put Chet Holmgren or Victor Wembenyana? Wemby, Wemby, we'll go with Wemby until I get it right. Uh, who is your rookie of the year so far, uh, right now? It's Holmgren so far. Absolutely. Mm. He's been playing amazing. Wembenyama has been on a little bit of a rough streak. You know, if I were buying long-term stock, I'd probably go with Victor because mm. the ceiling is so high. But Chet Holmgren's doing it game in and game out, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you asked about the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks are an enigma. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. last year, Kyrie and Luka didn't quite fit right. They didn't have enough games together. Now they're playing amazing. I think they're going to fall a little bit, but I think they'll be in the five or the six spots. And uh, they're going to be interesting. They could scare some team in the playoffs, but I'd probably take them to lose in the first round. Ooh. All right. You know what? We'll have to come back next episode and do kind of a quarter year award ceremony, I think, uh, and, and, and expand on this a little bit more. That sounds good. That's a great plan. 
You know, of course, today we got to play Memphis. They're next to last in the West at 5-13. and 13. Both teams will be on the back-to-back as Memphis played last night and actually defeated the Mavs, who we just gave love to. Of course, you know, Jaw is out, as is Marcus Smart. JJJ only had four points last night, but Bain went off for 30. Jalen Noel chipped in 19 points last night. Jake, is this a game we got to worry about tonight? You know, uh, I, I miss the old days of, uh, like, before we traded for Durant, I would have said no, because I felt like we were, hmm, I think we were a deeper team before the Durant trade. I feel like that's fair to say. You know, sure. Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre and Booker, Chris Paul, we, we had a lot of good uh, and maybe with Booker, one elite player. Now we have two or three elite players, but two of them probably won't be playing today. And I think we have then a lot of okay players, okay to goods. It depends on the night. You know, Goodwin or Gordon, for example, can light it up, but he, he can't do it by himself. And um, so we've got some of these guys that can get real hot, but you need to have one of these elite guys playing with them. So it's it's tough this year, right? Like, I, I feel like I miss the days of being like, ah, all right, we're, I'm not worried about this game at all. I'm worried almost about every game just because I feel like if we have a Durant game where he goes 0 for 10 in the second half, then you can see the Grizzlies pulling out. So I'll say I expect a win against the Grizzlies. My nervous meter is low. I wish it was non-existent. Exactly. You know, we're probably going to be without our leader, Devin Booker, if that happens, you know, every game without him has been scary. You know, Beal's out as well, of course. Kevin Durant and Nurkic are trying to carry us by themselves. But it's hard. You know, we need Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, guys like that to step up and make their threes. You know, we need someone unexpected like Nas or Utah to come in and play well. But, you know, we thought we were going to steamroll the Raptors especially with them on the back-to-back, and we were not. But, you know, we couldn't make a shot, and we kept it close, but we fizzled out at the end. And, uh, you know, the same thing could happen tonight. You know, I'm worried for sure. Well, and I think my concern, too, is uh, a little bit with Jaron Jackson. Can You know, is he going to be matched up at all with Kevin Durant, a bigger forward, you know, we had Booker against the Grizzlies, and really I didn't think anyone in the Grizzlies could match up with him. Um, I don't know how much Jaron's actually going to play against Durant because I, I think they like him more at the center position um, and maybe cheating off of Nurk a little bit and to try and get, you know, uh, blocks, uh, you know, when it's kind of unexpected. Um, so I expect this to be a tougher win than the one we had against the Grizzlies, uh, was it uh, a week or two ago? Yeah, it's going to be tough, you know. This is a game where I kind of miss DeAndre Ayton. I'm a little sad he's not here because it used to be so fun to watch him go up against Jaron Jackson Jr. and try to see who was the best big man from that draft, you know. But uh, I think both of these guys are kind of having down years. So, you know, maybe Nurkic is better than both of them. I'm glad we have Big Nurk. I think uh, Nurk certainly has a higher floor, uh, I go. think. So uh, on any given night, 
most nights he's going to be okay. Getting 30 points a game like he did last night was unreal. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was great to see. Um, I mean, especially, gosh, the, the, towards in that fourth quarter, his like fadeaway falling down hook shot thrown in and it went in. My God, he was on a roll. Um, cause most times people would be like, don't you ever take that shot again? Um, but it went in. So, uh, yeah, I think he's got a higher floor. The, the idea that, I mean, that's kind of the tough thing, right? With this team is that when you're sitting there saying we need guys to step up, come on, Grayson Allen. And you know, maybe Nurkic has a big game. It feels weird to be like, come on, you guys that, probably shouldn't be relied upon to have a big game. Um, so you're right. We need somebody to step up. The challenge is, like with a Booker or Durant, you expect them to do elite-level things. Um, when we had a Mikel Bridges, when we had a Cam Johnson, when we had DA, we knew that it was possible with them. It seems less possible with these guys to get big games on any given night. Again, I think the floor is high. So don't want to... Don't want to drag out the Grizzlies too long. Uh, I think it'll be a win. Excited to watch it. And if we do get a win, let's celebrate that. It's it's again, these these other guys have to get better as the season progresses. KBD uh, has been having you know better weeks of the last few than uh, than he did starting in the season. So let's see some improvement from uh, players like him. Well, maybe Nurkic will be on a heater for the third game in a row, and that'll carry us. We'll see. But we've got a question in the chat from Gio. He says, how about T. Ross calling it a day? Would you have taken him back over Bull Bull? Calling so it a you, day? Does that mean he retired? He did officially retire. That was announced uh, yesterday. No kidding. Okay. I did not know that. Um, no one picked him up, and I guess he just decided to, to go out. Well, then I, I would say he needs an agent like T.J. Warren because that actually popped up on my phone of all random places is like former Phoenix Suns player uh, getting ready to give it another go. And his whole article about how he's in shape and, and hundred percent healthy. And he, he, he wants to go and show a team he's got it. And um, it's a surprise. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I would take then a run since Ross is uh, retiring. I would take a run on TJ Warren over bowl bowl for sure. Um, Cause we need, we need that basket getter right now that uh, because if we're going to be missing a booker if we're going to be missing a beal durant eventually will miss another game we need somebody that can create the offense a little bit and and tj did that uh, as kind of a good slasher um so yeah no i i would take just about anyone over bowl bowl at this point uh let me <laughs> let me put that make sure that's clear from here to england and around the globe uh that's where i'm at with the bowl bowl experience but um uh, yeah, it's uh, a little surprise then, uh, Taren, uh, that nobody wants to give Terrence a call, but you know, it, it feels weird to say I'm, I'm really hopeful that guys like a Damian Lee can come back because he kind of had that ability to put the ball down and drive. We viewed him more as a three point shooter, but I think he was a good leader. I think he is a decent shooter and, and just the ability to drive in Grayson Allen does that sometimes. And, and I really do think it helps because the whole passing just around the perimeter and then back and then to Nurkic and then back out, it doesn't work unless you have those two elite guys on the wing. So yeah, no, I would just about anyone over bull bull. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair, but uh, you know, we had Ross last year. 
He didn't get much run. He seemed a little bit washed to me. I don't think he would really be the answer. I did see that news on uh, TJ Warren. I'd certainly take him over Bull Bull. He might be a nice scorer for us. But, uh, you know, as far as Terrence Ross, Gio says in the chat, would have been a good fit for the Pista. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, Monty Williams, man. Two years after having a no-loss November, he has a no-win November. The Pistons yeah. did not win a game in November. I'm a little surprised that uh, that Monty hasn't called up Elia Kobo and uh, oh gosh, who is who is our uh, uh, Egyptian poppy, um, our pyramid poppy? Oh, um, uh, uh, Abdel Nader. Yes, I mean that guy's knee has to be done hurting by now, right? Get him out yeah, there in fun. Detroit. Yeah, get him out. Oh, do you remember? Oh God, just <laughs> when when we were in the finals run. Uh, and uh, or the, I think we were in the conference finals, and he was giving Abdel Nader playing time after not playing for months. That was a sore knee. I tell you what, Monty is the guy that you probably don't want trying to coach you to, to championships, but he would be the best guy to help reinvigorate a team and like get people to believe in themselves again because. He, he's the kind of guy that you want as like a best man at your wedding, but he, he's not the kind of guy that you want like introducing you to a girl t- for a date. Like that's just not going to be his role because he's going to be like, oh, don't worry, there's plenty of fish in the sea. That would be his his pep talk for that. He can take guys that should have been out of the league far sooner than they should have and been like, you're getting 25 minutes tonight. Let's do this. <laughs> that, that's the Monty. I'm glad we've moved on to Vogel. I, I've, I've actually liked Vogel's rotations a lot better this year than Monty's over the last couple. Yeah, Monty's certainly good at marrying off his daughters to everyone in the universe. <laughs> but, you know, Pistons fans are definitely not liking him. They don't think he's reinvigorating anything. And uh, a lot of them are just ready to fire him. So we'll see. Oh, they can't. They gave him, gosh. Uh, 70 yeah, million? Uh, well, yeah. And, okay, so here's a, here's a fun uh, pastime for me. And I invite anyone uh, checking out the chat to do this sometime. But go on to Zillow.com if you ever get the chance, and Good if you got a few seconds free, and you can you can take a look at just about anywhere in uh, the U.S., maybe uh, elsewhere, um, and you can look at property values and houses for sale. And uh, and I was just so curious when I saw how much money the Pistons were throwing at Monty Williams to come to Detroit. He legitimately wanted to take a year off, spend time with family. He's made a boatload of money. He's one coach of the year. He's done a lot of stuff, but they put so much money in his pocket. They said, fine, I'll go to Detroit. He, he, like, I looked it up. There's this, like, gorgeous, like, 20-bedroom mansion uh, that, you know, from, like, the old, like, automobile dealership money that used to be in the Detroit uh, area. He could go and just, like, have that and then just be like, it's good to own land. Like, he, he could just sit back. So, like, if they fire him, he's probably just fine with that, too, because then he gets to go back, hang out with his family, and he gets a boatload of money, and uh, and he owns half of Detroit. So, uh, yeah, that, that, they won't be letting him go. It, it's a process, Detroit, and uh, yours will be a little bit rougher than ours probably was when Monty came. He's winning either way, no doubt. But let's see who wins the in-season tournament this week. So we got that coming up Tuesday. We play the Lakers in L.A. If Phoenix were to lose that game, they would still play a game. They would play the loser of the Kings versus the Pelicans on Friday. If it's Sacramento, that game will be in Phoenix. 
But if we win versus the Lakers, we'll play the semifinals in Vegas on Thursday. And if you win that, you play the final on Saturday versus the team that makes it out of the East, either the Bucks, the Celtics, the Knicks, or the Pacers. Jake, how much are you looking forward to this knockout stage, and how do you like our chances? <laughs> so I think I mentioned it before. At first, I was not a fan of the idea of the in-season tournament, you know, describing it as kind of like a European, um, you know, uh, soccer federation tournament, kind of mid-season type stuff. I'll be honest, I'm not much of a soccer fan. Uh, uh, shout out to the Europeans that get mad at me when I call it soccer. But um, it, it, I, I just wasn't sold on it. But then again, I also wasn't sold on the play-in tournament. And I'm happy to admit I was wrong on that. And I am wrong on the in-season tournament. I want to win this thing. And uh, and uh, you had in our show notes, and, and so I'll, I'll address it now. You know, if Booker's not 100%, should he play? Yes. I think... Uh, because we, we want wins in general right now. And all except the title game does count in our win-loss record. I'd like to go get some wins. I think Booker wants it. It was funny. I was reading in The Athletic. They had mentioned something along the lines of the league would love for LeBron James to win the first in-season tournament uh, as kind of part of this swan song of his over the last few years uh, against Father Time. I'm sure they would. So let's go rob them of that. Let's go have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant stop the Lakers and win the first in-season tournament. And we will forever be known as the first champions of that tournament on our glorious march to winning a finals. We, we don't, I see a lot of people on social media say, Oh, we got to focus on the NBA title. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'm not saying let's rush Damian Lee out there um, to try and win this thing. Right. Um, but you know, I think, uh, Let's not play a bull bull in the uh, in-season tournament. Let's go try and win this thing. You can try and win both. And and that's what I love. That's what actually sold me more on the in-season tournament was that all of these games still count for the regular season. So you should still try in general, but now you have even bigger things going on. More money for all of your players. You convinced a lot of guys to take salary cuts to come to the Valley. Go help them make some money. Go put your names in the history books. And uh, and that I think that'll also give them a shot in the arm for like a Devin Booker MVP run. There you so go. I like our chances, but there we got to get our guys healthy and play them. There you go. And I sure hope Booker plays. We'll see. You know, there's been a lot of boomers out there on the radio saying they hate this in-season tournament. They hate the courts. It's the most terrible thing they've ever seen. And, you know, I think they couldn't be more wrong. You know, I'm loving it. I thought our court was the best. I couldn't get enough of it. I still got it behind me Clearly. in the background <laughs> yeah. until this tournament is over, and then I'll take it off. But uh, I'm loving this thing, man. And this is what it's all well, been. It's, be it's fun, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, I think the only people that are truly, truly upset are, like, purists. And, and I get that. Like, it, oh, it disgraces the game or something like it, it, it's not a disgrace it's fun and and the important thing is it all counts it's not like an aside thing it it, it all counts in the grand scheme so i love it change up the courts have different jerseys and have a little bit of a prize on the way and it's been great for ratings too because you're going up against the nfl and college football in their prime time it's nobody was watching phoenix suns memphis grizzlies two weeks ago 
if there was no in-season tournament. Now you got a few people going back and forth. Uh, so uh, I, I think it's 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 been great for the league, fun to see, and I like the creativity. The courts, not all of them are as cool as ours, but uh, you know they can always be rehashed in the future years too. Yeah, according to the NBA, at least the ratings are way up. And I think they're going to really be up this week because, you know, you got some of the best teams in the NBA in this tournament. You've got Lakers versus Suns in that first game, LeBron and KD. This is exactly what the NBA wants. I think they're That's loving really, this. Uh, and in the East, you said Bucks and Celtics, right? Right. Uh, you've and got Tyrese Halliburton, who's playing phenomenal basketball. Uh, how long have the has the league wanted to see Zion try and do something? You have the Pelicans in there. You've had the Kings, who were the surprise of last year. You've got some fun storylines. The Knicks, I mean, it's New York, so <laughs> and so there's Good some luck. excitement there for that. But yeah, you've got some fun games to be had. So, I mean, I, I, I mentioned uh, I think a few weeks back that how bad would it have been if somebody like the Utah Jazz who had Going before they faced us, a flawless record in the tournament. If they would go on and win the tournament and then continue to tank, that's where I think the problem would have been. Instead, you've got very exciting players and very good teams making the tournament. That's why I think this is actually a big win for the NBA. Absolutely. I mean, the worst teams in it are the Pelicans and the Knicks. Those are two pretty good teams that are probably playoff teams. So I think this has worked out perfectly for the NBA. But, you know, it is Suns versus Lakers. The Lakers have been pretty mediocre this year. Even a lot of the ESPN talking heads are picking us to beat them. But they've beaten us twice this year. We owe them big time. You know, as Gio says in the chat, we can't go 0-3 versus the Lakers. We just can't. So... I don't know. You know, if, if Booker plays, I think we'll definitely take that. And I think we can run the table as long as Booker plays. But if he's out, I don't know. We'll see. No, I um, agree. It, it's it's And that's why it's going to be so important to have Booker. So uh, I, I don't remember the first Lakers game. I know the previous, I think, Booker didn't play. And it was the Durant versus LeBron showdown, so to speak. And it's just asking too much. So... Uh, I think we need them both to play. That's why if if the idea is if we rest Booker today, we've got a great shot to have him against the Lakers, um, then go for it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we just love beating the Lakers anyway, right? Even when we have a terrible season, it's like, well, did we beat the Lakers? And then it wasn't the worst season. So, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm pumped. And, uh, you know. Maybe Anthony Davis will will trip uh, on his way to getting a Coke out of the fridge or something and, and be out for uh, the next three weeks, too. We never know with that man. Maybe, you know, or fall over Big Nurkic or something. Oh. But, uh, you know, if... Over Bull Bull. That, you know what? That would be the, the, the meaningful minutes that I would like to see Bull Bull play. It's just collapsing on himself and somebody... You know, I don't wish for injuries, but if it has to happen, then that wouldn't be the worst way to, to play a Bull Bull minute. That would be quite a storyline. But if we run the table and we take home this trophy, do we pull a Pat Beverly and jump on the tables? Are we going to celebrate this thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to see Josh Okogi dance. I want to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Goodwin throwing ice blasts, Sub-Zero style. I mean, 
again, this is like, you know, we, we see this a lot with the NBA season because it's long. It's 82 games. Um, what a jolt of energy this could give some of these guys if they win. Because, again, who wouldn't love to make nearly 100% of their annual salary in, in, in one quick tournament it takes a few games to win it? So, uh, you know, I know I would. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else in the world would love to just – Oh, here's here's everything we're paying you for the year. You got it in, in a week or two. Um, so, yeah, if, if I'm any of these guys, I am very excited. The only guy I would see could imagine not being super excited because he's just super low-key is Eric Gordon. He'll probably be like, hey, it was fun. It was fun. We, we're glad we won. But, you know, oh, yeah, I want to see Yuta Watanabe, you know, doing some dancing. Uh, I, you know, I, I think this is definitely worth getting very excited about and then just just moving with that momentum throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, we've never won a championship here in Phoenix, so I'll take anything. You know, I don't care if the internet mocks me. That's what Twitter's for anyways. I'm going to live it up. You <laughs> well, know how we... I used to feel this way about the, the Summer League. Like, oh man, if we just won the Summer League with a bunch of those players that will never play with us, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we've had parades for title losers. We go to airport to greet teams that won the West. We take what we can get. This is all fun. Yeah. You right know, around but, the holiday season, too. So, I mean, let's just keep the, you know, the merriment going. Yeah, exactly. And it's been another fun podcast here on Sun's Planet. But uh, we'll start to wrap it up here. So, Jake, you have any final comments this week? Uh, just, you know, uh, let, let's see some other guys step up. Uh, Kevin Durant can't do it on his own. He's more efficient when other guys are hitting. We've got to get Booker healthy. We've got to get Beal healthy because when when the games in the playoffs really start showing up, we're going to need more than just one guy. So uh, it, it falls on these guys to really develop themselves uh, continually. Uh, we've seen, you know, fits and starts. Let's Let's see it continue. Um, so you can follow me at Fallen Founder on Twitter if you'd like more of my uh, uh, hot takes, like that James Harden does help the Clippers make a threat. And you can let me know that I'm still right on that. And uh, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, we'll say uh, good night, Australia, because it is very late there. And, and uh, as always, uh, good morning, Al. Absolutely. And just real quick on Bradley Bill. Sometime this upcoming week, maybe Friday, it is the three-week point, so they probably are going to reevaluate him. Even if he's good to go, he's still going to need some ramp-up time, so I certainly would not expect him to play in the in-season tournament or anything like that. You know, you're probably looking at more like a Christmas time return for him. But, uh, you know, as long as Devin Booker's out there, we absolutely have a chance in every single game. And, uh, you know, please make sure you hit the thumbs up and give us a like before you leave. It really helps us so much with bringing you more content. You know, we're now part of the All Sports All Plays Network. You can find them on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter by searching All Sports All Plays or ASAP Sports Network. You can find me on Twitter at Sundress Dunks. You can find the pod on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Suns Planet Podcast. We do have a Facebook group now called Suns Planet. That should be easy to find. We're branching out and really growing Suns Planet. Thank you for making that possible. 
Make sure you like and subscribe so we can keep growing. And book, please stay healthy. And Al, take us home. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guard heard. Here's the jump shot. Good. It's good. Al McCoy with you courtside. Pumped up a three. Tuesday. He ties it. A-D-A. Al and Tim up here. Oh, I'll be right. Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV. A thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.